All right. Question of the week. Now, I, I had some trouble thinking of stuff because all that's in my mind as of late has been the coronavirus. So my question is, how long do you think it will take before we get a movie or a documentary about this current timeline that we're on about the coronavirus? That's a very good question. Um, I would guess Ryan, Ryan Murphy would wait at least maybe <laughs> a decade or so. Right, right. I can definitely see like HBO or Netflix getting a documentary within that time. Yeah, absolutely. Or even seeing in. Right. I think it's a matter of when this all actually ends and it's safe to, you know, say like, okay, we're at the end of it. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know when, but I can definitely, I agree with you on like HBO doing it or something. Yeah, and I think it also depends on how it ends because I, they're already like guesstimating we could see a hundred thousand Americans perish from this. So right, right. There's got to be some lead way, definitely. Because yeah, because this could have a very. It sounds bad, but I could almost picture a very Chernobyl-like series for what's going on. Definitely. Especially yeah. the way they're describing how some people are are perishing, how some people are fine one minute and then just gone the next. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So. But yeah, so that was that. That's yeah. That's what I wanted to get out or wanted to ask because I cannot think of anything else. <laughs> it's, it's a good question because that's part of a large part of entertainment, um, especially nowadays with people questioning government and institutions that that have been installed for such a long time you know documentaries are are seeing the pickup so right right that's all all a part of it how we look back on this you're now listening to it's a streamable life a podcast chronicling life in the peak entertainment era Streamable Life is hosted by cousins Lauren and Brandon and recorded independently in Hawkins, Indiana. Enjoy the show. All right, it is Tuesday, March 31st. What happened on this day in history? Okay, so it was a little difficult. Not a lot happened, but something big did happen. And this was um, this day in history in 1938. The Motion Pictures Production Code was instituted. Now, that's the code that kind of limited what could be shown in terms of sex and crime and religion and violence. And that was in law or in place, rather, for 30 years. And so that ended in 1968, just kind of towards the tail end of like the sexual revolution and all the hippie movements and civil rights and stuff and uh, kind of allowed for different types of films to be shown without being punished oh wow yeah that's uh so yeah the 30 years of just kind of like the motion pictures all that um hampering down on what could be shown so yeah Mm, that's pretty big yeah (laughs) all right we'll get into our first segment which is headlines and we have some rather positive news around these these parts these days yeah so uh we'll we'll just 
go off of that and hopefully we'll get more positive news in the days to come. But uh, up first, ESPN announced after many people were begging, tweeting, um, that they are moving up the release date for the Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, which was originally yeah. were originally uh, scheduled to air in June. They have moved it up to April 19th. Yeah, that is. I hope I hope everybody knows, though, like. Right. And uh, don't want that to go unseen because that looks like it's going to be very good. Yes, it's a. Uh, 10 hour 20 episode documentary wow so uh let me make sure i do this right there's two episodes a night yeah and i think it's five nights am i doing that right that so it'd be it'd be two weeks then right you yeah, said 20 episodes? yeah so two weeks yeah two hours a night so they're only showing it uh every sunday Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So it's a 19, 26, May 3rd, May 10th, and May 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So they'll That's have a... something something to air other than, you know, championships from a decade. Right. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. They were showing old IU basketball games on the Big Ten Network. I was like, get this shit out of here. <laughs> but, um, that that moved up and then something oh killing eve yes yeah right. that, uh, yes yeah that moved up and i was like oh god i gotta go back and watch at least the last three episodes because I, I have no clue what happened Can't yeah I, I caught the trailer and kind of uh, jogged my memory but other than like just then what happened to villanelle and eve i don't really know where right. the other players are so, right yeah, that Same moved, moved up to april 12th yeah so that's literally right around the corner. Yeah, Sundays are jam-packed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But um, uh, you kind of appreciate it. And I mean, because there's not much to watch. You're going to exhaust all your yeah options in terms of what you can watch. And so it's nice that these things are happening. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, people yeah. are paying attention. That's, that's sort right. of how how business works now with TV and film. You've got to pay attention to social and know what right. happening in the streets per se. <laughs> um, and other random news, not really random, uh, late shows are returning gradually with sort of like home virtual interviews and guests. Um, yeah. And Abuse and Mero return with uh, Dr. Fauci, the doctor on the yeah. COVID-19. Um, task force or whatever. Task force, yeah. Um, and Stephen Colbert set a day along with Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon. So things are trying to get back to some type of normalcy yeah. while we're still waiting this out. Yeah, so it's all good. It's 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 different. It's a change, and I don't know what the world's going to look like in two months' time. But I guess it's a matter of just taking it day by day. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think it's all we can do. Right. Excuse me, sorry. And lastly, some news I saw this later today. Christopher Maloney is set to reprise his SVU role for a spinoff series from Dick on NBC. That should be something. That's really big because Christopher Maloney was Elliot Stabler on Law and Order SVU. And he left that show 
almost like nine years ago. Wow. It's been a while. So yeah, um, he'll be again, Elliot Stabler on what they said is supposed to be focused on organized crime unit. Yeah. So it'll be set in New York still. So there are definitely possibilities of him and Olivia Benson, AKA Marishka Hargate, uh, reprising their chemistry on, on screen. Okay. Yeah. I, I was never big on um, SVU. Just, I mean, it's good. It's just, it's heavy. And I couldn't watch that every. It's very heavy. Yeah. All the time. So, but uh, yeah, I know what he meant to the show from the few episodes that I've seen. So. Mm-hmm. so that that should be interesting i think people were wondering if he'd ever return like for a reunion for near the series finale or something like that so right we'll see that mm-hmm. should be coming i guess later this year or next year they say it's 13 uh episodes so oh, wow all right that's all right. cool that closes our headline segment. We'll now transition into our NOT segment, where we have episode three of both Westworld and The Plot Against America. Yeah. Um, Westworld was episode three, The Absence of Field, and this uh, was a Charlotte Hale-focused episode, if you will. Right, right. It was it was good. Um, I had to pause sometimes. I think that's like the first time I've done that in a show in a while, where I really had to I literally paused and had to like gather myself just like, okay, hold on a second. Let me try to piece this all together. (laughs) Yeah. A lot was happening, but I kind of caught on early on. Yeah. On who this, who this person was trying to get Dallas and who the mole was. Yeah. 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 Um, I think Tess is doing a great job. The, the emotion she's conveying as, Two people in one. Yeah, yeah, is, is magnificent. Yeah, um, along, along with her and uh, Dolores's timeline, whatever storyline, we also got more of Caleb and how he's being, I guess, recruited. Yeah, I yeah, that, that was her, her um, her task or not task. Yeah. But, but like her, her mission. Right. That's the word. Yeah. 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 Cause that, I thought that was a pretty interesting part, how she broke down this whole thing of how uh, people are kind of groomed into going into one area mm-hmm. based on, you know, what they're capable of, where they've been, how they grew up, which is pretty much how it happens in real life. In yeah. Yeah, the I I I remember I didn't have notes, but I sat there and thought this algorithm sounds pretty much like life for a lot of low right. class non-white people. Right. So hold on a second, Lauren. Pause this. Okay, one second. Hold on. Alright. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The algorithm is crazy, and we get we finally see, you know, the similarities between Caleb and Dolores and why Dolores is on the mission she's on to right. to destroy this system. Right. And uh, so, like I said, on I'm part of the, like, the subreddit on Reddit um, about this show and what everybody's talking about is, one, they're trying to figure out who's inside of uh tessa thompson right and 
it's been everything from the man in black to Clementine. I even saw somebody have like a pretty well thought out theory that it was, <laughs> that it was Dolores's horse. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, but, um, and then there's a lot of things of if Sorak, or I think that's how you pronounce his name, is if he's real or not, or what's happening with him. Yeah, because I felt that the way he appeared to her, could she only see him because of the glasses she was wearing? That's what I thought. Like, he was some sort of... Like, like he was projecting himself from wherever he really is. Right, right, right. So. And so the woman that sort of met her at that compound, that was the same woman who was talking to the guy who's over... Yeah. The company, right? Yeah, I think it's so. Okay. Just trying to pe- make sure I got all the pieces together. Yeah, there's 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 a lot to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's getting, to... getting pretty good. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm trying to think of who else or what else really happened, but uh, what's his name was randomly in it? Michael Ely? Yeah, I some reason I didn't re- remember that Charlotte had a kid or a family like yeah I, I I'm on the same boat because I was really trying to think back like do I remember them bringing that up like I definitely but, didn't remember any of that yeah but uh oh god but uh it was yeah uh, it was it was good good episode yeah, so we'll have ex- episode four uh, this Sunday, and uh, after that, Mondays we've gotten we get the plot against America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have part three, episode three. I finally got everyone's names, but the nephew. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know his name, but yeah. um, we've got Herman and Bess, which are yes. mother and father, Sandy and Philip. Yep. two brothers, and then Evelyn, Bess's sister, and right. Rabbi, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, I can't pronounce his last name, but yeah. yeah. And then the nephew, which I'll get his name later. But um, right. this is the episode post-Lundenberg winning the election, mm-hmm. and the anti-Semitism is sort of bubbling above the surface. Yeah. Um, it, it's changing things. People can feel it. Uh, we see, we see it in everything. Um, there's ideas of them escaping to Canada. Yeah. Um, just, just trying to get away f- before things get really bad. Yeah. It's. Um, I think the f- one thing I took away from it is obviously how relevant it is to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then another thing I kind of took away, and even though this is, I guess, you know, you can call it speculative fiction, it's not based on real events, but, you know, there's real anti-Semitism here in the country, is that you never really, I don't know, not in my life, I didn't get a whole lot of education about what the Jewish community went through. So, uh, like I know some of this has to be based on truth, even though the whole Lindenberg thing is not. Right. Right. So it's kind of interesting to see that. That um it was it was kind of a kind of a sad episode. 
It really was. Um, even though it sort of ended sort of on a high note for the family. Right. What's her last name? Lim? Levin. Levin. Yeah, the Levins. Um, we don't know what's to come. Um, right. We have them, you know, <clears throat> them reacting to the win and feeling cautious and seeing things change around them. And the trip to Washington, D.C. sort of highlights that, um, yeah. how it's it's all in your face. And Herman explained how how here, you know, and right. this the capital of uh, and on Lincoln steps can this happen? And we've all heard that before. How here? How now? Right. After everything we've been through, and the truth is, it's it's always been there. It's in the fabric. All right, absolutely. So, I thought that I, was interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, everything, like you said, is kind of getting above the surface. I think. His nephew's name is Alvin. I figured that out. Okay. Yeah, it's Alvin. But um, that whole thing of him being in the wartime is interesting, and everything that happened with him that was that was kind of harsh. I think the one story that's interesting to watch, and I can't tell where it's going, but John Totoro's character mm-hmm. is kind of. I wonder if he knows he's being used, or if he truly believes that he has some sort of upper hand or that he's welcomed. It, I'm very confused on where he stands. Right. Because when they mentioned him meeting Henry Ford at right. that yes. event, and then Lindenberg meeting Hitler, it was like, it was like, well, hold on a second. What's going on? And people were just, right. just mystified by it because he can fly a plane really well. And, right. Yeah. And, um, what was oh god i can't remember the little the guy that took him around to see the tours i can't mr. remember mr taylor yeah mr taylor um that was interesting yeah because honestly i was with bess i was like I he's not trustworthy like mm-hmm. I was, I, the whole time i was like they did not have uber <laughs> back then what are you doing right yeah he just showed like, up i just thought he I, twice i felt that when he showed up i was like he's going to guide them off astray right the officer was there too you're right and they got the police yeah. escort and it's just that feeling that non protestant christian americans feel yeah anytime in america like you you can't trust the institutions that right. are meant to protect and serve or you can't trust the man next to you and right and i i really hope either next episode four or five that it's Bess's episode because right. you can kind of see her bubbling up because in the first episode, I think that's when she mentions to her husband that like, oh, well, you've always grown up in a full Jewish community. You don't know what it's like to when be Jewish right. mm-hmm. to, in a community where you're the only one. And you start to see that come out, you know, especially with the cop, how she froze up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. It's definitely getting better as it goes along. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, like I said, it was kind of sad. The the whole thing with their mother is quite yeah. sad, and then the uh, the treatment at the hotel. I'm not. It was it was more infuriating and upsetting than maybe sad. And then mm-hmm. they, like you said, they had a bit of triumph when they went to the diner, and he kind of stood up. 
yeah, stood up for himself, which was yeah. which was nice to see. Um, I just really hope this absorption experience is not. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I that I don't want the boy to go down there and like you know get beat up, man. Like, I mean, like yeah. And Herman made a great point. He was like, when they send a Negro down to Kentucky for a right. Allison, my son. It was a per- like, right. exactly it, like, where is this coming from? We, this would not happen to anybody else. No, absolutely. He's like, yeah, it was very strange. And I had to laugh, though, when he was like, they were at the diner. And um, Mr. Taylor tells him that he's from Wabash, Indiana. And he's like, you know, son, I'm going to let you go to Kentucky. You know, and you know, you're going to meet some, you maybe you'll meet some lousy people there, but if they're from Indiana, they can't be too bad or whatever he said. And I had to laugh. I was like, shit. Yeah. He said Indiana. So he didn't right. about Kokomo. Right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But, um, but no, it was a good episode. Yeah. Very good. And I believe there's only six episodes. So we've got three, uh, three more to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it ends towards the end of April. Yeah, and Westworld, I believe, in is only eight episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I saw. So that. interesting. Quick seasons. Yeah, but very good. I like yeah. seasons where you know where you're going and there's no filler. You get right to the point. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, now transition transition to no concessions, where we find things, uh, films, binge-worthy things, etc., extra. Um, I'll just go up first. I didn't watch a lot this weekend. I tried Ty, uh, King Tiger. Oh, yeah, ti- Tiger, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Tiger King, whatever it's called. I watched the first episode, and it felt like it took forever to get to, like, the dilemma. There's yeah. a whole bunch of backstory. I don't know if I'll be going back, because everyone spoiled everything. But um, I did watch Uncorked, which is a film okay. from... Uh, Penny Prentice, who works on Insecure, yeah. it was yeah, really saw, good. I saw the trailer for it, and uh, I, that the main character is in so many different things, and I never know that man's name. Yeah, he's in a lot. Yeah, he was in. I first saw him, I think, in the Get Down. On yeah, and I saw him in. And the last thing I watched saw him in was he was in some strange movie with Brie Larson. She directed it or wrote it. I can't remember. <laughs> But yeah. But yeah, it was really good. I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not gonna try. But it's first <laughs> him, uh Courtney B. Vance, and Nisi Nash, and basically tells the story of a young man with a dream and you know what happens when that dream's not supported. And really it was sort of very reminiscent of raising the sun, just yeah. you know, the struggle that black and lower class people have of achieving a dream that's sort of outside of your comfort zone outside of the family, right? Family's focus, you know, especially yeah. when so much of what children of black uh, parents and the sins of black parents need help, you know, especially when they have their own business or absolutely things like that. So it was really good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out because I saw the trailer, and uh, you know, I got a couple laughs out of the trailer, so I was like, oh, it'll be good. So it's in my queue, along with about 30 other things, but, you know. Right, right. Um, okay, so I did a little different. I, because of this quarantine and 
the weekends having to be spent inside. I didn't want to watch more TV than I already do. But I read this article on LA Times. And um, I think it was LA Times. I can't remember. It was a Los Angeles-based paper. But they were like, take this time during quarantine to deep listen. Like, really go back to mm-hmm. like some of your favorite CDs or stuff you've already listened to and turn off your phone and um, or whatever distractions and really listen to them. And so I did that for some of my favorite CDs from CDs from like uh, group block party and TV and radio stuff that came out when I was like in middle school and high school. And it was really interesting. Like you, uh, you do kind of get appreciation for the music and kind of more focused on like, maybe like the first time you heard it or how you feel listening to it, but, or how the music's grown in the lyrics. But, um, but yeah, so I did that instead on over the weekend, just kind of going back and listening to all right, cool. Yeah. That's, that does sound like something that would be relaxing because things have changed and your yeah, tastes right. have changed and just how you experience things. So, right. Yeah. All right. We'll get into some trailers here. A lot is happening um, regardless of the lack of cinema and new shows coming out. There's still a lot coming. Um, yeah. We have some new shows on streaming. A uh, new show and films on streaming. First up, we've got the trailer for Defending Jacob, uh, Apple TV Plus series that stars Chris Evans. Um, basically, a couple's son is accused and charged of murder, and it just kind of shows the links they'll do to protect their son, even um, commit crimes themselves. It looks really good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the next one uh, is a Netflix film. Um, the first feature film from Alan Yang, who's a writer and director on Atlanta, called yeah. Tiger Tail. Um, this one drops, I think it's April 10. Hold on. Yeah, April 10. Oh, okay. Uh, Defending Jacob drops April 24th on Apple TV. This is April 10th, a film. Um, about a Taiwanese uh, factory worker who immigrates to America and um, he leaves behind his like first love because he's set in an arranged marriage and sort of just shows you know the the toll on his life that choice made and on the life of his children sort of like a generational examination of of the difference between um, immigrant parents and their children and the choices they make it looks really good Mm, okay. Mm. And then finally, we've got the trailer for HBO's Bad Education, which yeah. premieres April 25th. This looks really good, starring Hugh Jackman, Allison Janney, and Ray Romano. It's sort of like a dark comedic take on the school caught up in a uh, money laundering scandal. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think I wrote about something. I think I wrote about the teaser trailer for our, the blog. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but yeah, they finally put out the big picture. <laughs> <laughs> and is this based on a true story or like true events? Yeah, no, it's, it's a true story. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it looks yeah. really good. So, so there's some of the trailers out, and I'm sure there will be more out there as oh. time goes along with the yeah. semi schedule limbo that everything's in. Right. Right. And now we'll transition to our feature presentation. Our 
quarter one rewind where we recap the music, TV, and film that we consume that we we rank as the best streams we had uh, the last three months. Uh, we can start with music as it's one of our peripheral yeah. uh, topics here. Um, just sort of name the projects or songs that sort of highlighted your first three months of 2020. Okay, so I went ahead and just kind of um, named like just like the CDs and I picked five CDs. And so um, it seems like the beginning of each year, it always starts out slow. But I think some of the CDs are kind of like appropriate for the time. So I'll just get into them. So one of them that I was um, kind of into was uh, Mac Miller Circles. Okay. I've always been a fan of Mac Miller's, and this was the one released after his death, and it was good. It, it was it was good, but it was kind of sad. It was almost like uh, some of the lyrics were kind mm-hmm. of eerie, and you know, with what happened to him, it was like, oh wow. Right. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Um, the other ones, Little Dragon CD, New Me, Same Us, that just came out, I think, last week. And I had to add that in. I loved them, kind of their funky sound or whatever, but um, that was in there. Um, there's a guy, this this left field shit right here. His name is Christian Loeffler. He's kind of like a composer, electronic artist, but the CD was really fitting for this time of the year because it's very, I don't know how to say it. It's not really exciting where it's like summery, but it's kind of, it, it almost sounds springish where it's kind of, it's just bright enough. You're just coming out of the dark months of the winter and mm-hmm. there, you know, so it was good. Um, another electronic guy named Nicholas Jar, he put out a CD. He's, he's really good. And um, when I really didn't expect, and honestly, I thought they had stopped making music until I saw it on Spotify, but Phanagram. Um, yes. Uh, the, yeah. Their <laughs> CD, I think it's called Ceremony. I, I remember when they first came out with, I can't remember the song, but it was it was a while ago, like 2008, 2009, 2010. And I had just lost track of them. And then I went to the albums thing on uh, Spotify and I listened to it and it, it was really good. It, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been listening to for these first three months of the year. Okay, cool, cool. Um, for me, uh, I always keep a playlist of songs, but I won't bore you with that because it's 30 tracks and that's too much to process <laughs> right now. But you can take a look at that playlist uh, on the blog, yeah. um, in my post that I kind of listen to. But for albums, uh, I just kind of go with stuff I like. Yeah. Willing to purchase or add to my library. First up was Kevin Ross's Audacity, Volume 1, little EP. Okay. Um, he's an R&B singer. He was on Motown, but I think he just went indie within the last year or so. Okay. Um, big standout track is Let It Out. Um, he has a great range. He can do like the soulful, traditional, contemporary, and then sort of like the, I guess you call it trappy, but it doesn't get gimmicky because he can actually sing, which is a plus. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just seven tracks. Um, and then I have Boombox Eternal by Sam Sparrow, uh, Australian singer. I had always heard about him in college with Black and Gold, but I never yeah. really got into him until now. Um, this album is pure nostalgia, heavy 
late eighties, early nineties vibes. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's really good. And then I was listening to uh, Disclosure's little EP, Ecstasy. Yeah, I forgot all about that, but yeah. Yeah, Heavy on Tondo and Get Close. Those are my two favorite tracks on there. Yeah. So just kind of light stuff. I haven't really been into hip-hop recently. I don't know why. It's just, yeah. I don't know. A I think we spoke. Difference. Yeah, I think we spoke about this before, kind of just, you know, how music tastes change over the years. But I think we also spoke about how hip hop now is just, it's just, it's not good. I'm not like a purist, but it's, it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I, and I, I don't think you can be mad at people for wanting to make money, but so much of it seems like that's the goal. Cause they're all saying the same stuff over a different beat. Mm-hmm. It's very monotonous. Yes. All right. right. So we'll transition from music to TV now, where we have our top five shows or series that we consumed the last three months. Um, We'll just go back and forth, alternate here with our top five. Yep. Excuse me. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first here. Let me remember which ones (laughs) I really had. Hold on one second. I have a list better somewhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, my number five was This Is Us. Okay. Um, it just concluded its fourth season um, and ended on a definite uh, cliffhanger. And we know we only have two seasons left. Because they announced uh, season three, there would be six seasons. So um, this is NBC's family drama with multiple timelines. I'm highlighting three siblings, Kevin, Kate, and adoptive Randall. And, you know, sort of the just sort of ups and downs a family goes through the Pearson family. And uh, coming out of season three, we have Randall sort of, becoming not a villain but making some poor choices yeah that sort of um make him out to be the bad guy so we'll have to see how that turns out um in the next season so number five was this is us yeah i kind of regret never getting into that show now that i hear how um how big it is and how many people enjoy it yeah, it's but, amazing. Um, yeah. All right, David. All right, so my favorite show, and most of my shows are stuff we've even just mentioned on here, but um, I'm going to put, um, for the last three months, uh, Babylon Berlin, the show on Netflix about like the 1920s, 1930s, Berlin, Germany. is like a detective kind of uh, thriller show. And um, if you can get past it being a German and you know, just read the subtitles. It's really worth it. It's really good. It's, the second season is not as good as the first, but it's still exciting. And uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And I think I watched almost seven episodes in like two days, and then knocked out the rest. So. Oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was good. So I, I've I've heard a lot about that. Yeah. I've been able to get on it. 
All right, my number four is Netflix is Hintified. Um, okay. This was a news dramedy series from America Ferrera, and it detailed the story of a Mexican family and their greater community trying to fend off gentrification in their Los Angeles neighborhood. Um, focused on three cousins and their grandfather and their little uh, taco shop, and um, just just their struggles in love life and pursuit of happiness, basically. And right, uh, right. it was it was really good, really funny. Um, uh, hilarious, but also touching. There was two episodes um, within the 10 where they focus on sort of like a outlier character, but it was mm. a topical issue. So like one episode focused on a father and son um, looking for work um, as a, yeah. as a, a uh, not an immigrant, but well, as yeah, as an immigrant, like the, he's looking for work to bring his other family from Mexico up there in that struggle. Uh, and gotcha, then another, gotcha. another episode focused on an immigrant uh, mother who worked in a sewing shop, and you know that that uh, stress and sort of yeah. racism she experiences there. So it was it was really good. And the season two has to come because it ended on such a a cliffhanger. So that's Hintified on Netflix. Yeah, All right, I think I've passed that couple times i'll have to check that out all right um my number four um is uh, a show we started talking about and then stopped i'm not sure if you kept watching it but dispatches from elsewhere it's um it, i've stayed with it and it's 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 a strange show it's very weird but i i'm trying to think of the word that it makes you feel it's not nostalgic but I think kind of it's a warm show because all these characters are not just looking for something physical as in this person that they're searching for, but they're also searching for something in terms of themselves. Like who are they? Where did they turn next in their lives and um, their purpose and place in this world? And so it's really kind of good. And I mean, I've not read too many reviews on it, but, I enjoy it and that's what matters to me but um (laughs) it's it yeah it's fun it's not overly complicated it's just it's just kind of a fun strange show to watch and it's been exciting to see Andre 3000 um do his thing you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's been pretty good yeah I haven't been able to keep up with it but it's something that's on my binge list yeah all right, and my number, this is three. Yeah, this will be yeah. three. Number three is, for me, Netflix's Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the second season of the South Korean show about zombies in feudal uh, Joseon. I think is yeah. how you pronounce it. Um, crazy good. Uh, only eight episodes. And every episode might be 30 minutes, except maybe the last one, which is a little yeah. longer. Um, basically, a zombie, well, a play has, is turning people into zombies. And the air prince has been accused of treason in the, at the same time. So he's trying to fight for his throne as well as lies, the country, oh. as they try to find a cure for this plague. Um, and it sets up season three perfectly. Uh, so, yeah, a real easy, 
easy watch. Um, there's a dub version, but I prefer the subtitles because yeah. it was just weird with the dub, English dub. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Kingdom, two seasons on Netflix. Okay. All right, so that was your three. Um, let's see, for my three, um, now obviously this show, we're watching it right now and there are only three episodes deep, but I also binged the Westworld in the two first seasons in a matter of like eight days. So I had to put Westworld in this at number three and um, excluding this newer season, I was just like, once again, I'm always late to the party, but I really wish I had been on Twitter when like kind of the first two season hit, because even as I was watching it now and had just a bit of an idea of what was going to happen from hearing stuff, I was just like, oh, wow, like, damn, like, that's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I can only imagine it being on, on Twitter when it was happening. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's good. I think you know, I don't know if it will go down as one of those shows where, like, it's one of the best shows ever, but it's it definitely grips you, and despite them being hour-long episodes, you can definitely sit and watch, you know, two or three in a row without pause. So, yeah. It's All very right, good. Definitely a great show. All right, we're on to number two. My number two is the CW's All-American. Mm. Uh, this was season two of All-American, the teen drama uh, loosely based on professional football players life in Oakland um great cast with uh crap what's his name Daniel shoot because he's a Brit Daniel Ezra Mm. yeah he leads the cast as uh, Spencer James uh Tay Diggs is in it um it sort of gives you that reminiscent one Tree Hill OC type of teen drama, but black and urban, and it's great. Yeah. So okay. I know there's it's getting a lot of uh, streams on Netflix. Yeah, season's over, sort of like the same way Riverdale did. So it's it's really good. All right. All right. Um, let's see. Um, uh, so we're on to what number two now? Mm-hmm. All right, number two. Now, my number two is The Outsider. And obviously, we talked about it here, watched it together. Um, but I had no clue what this show was going to be about or how it was going to go. And once, you know, we really got into it, it was almost like, I would say it was a master class in pacing. They really did a good job of giving you a slow burn that didn't just fizzle out into something weak. This those last two episodes absolutely just boom just exploded and then we uh you know we're left with uh, with you know hopefully we get a second season i'm not sure how you don't after that yeah but um yeah no it was definitely really good very uh well done and um some familiar faces in it and then some faces you know didn't recognize that definitely hip to now but uh very good. I liked it. All right. We are here for our number one for TV shows. The first quarter, my number one is The Outsider from HBO. Uh. <laughs> uh, just echoing um, Stephen King's getting all these adaptations. First, it yeah. was Castle Rock over at yeah. Hulu. Now it's this. He has 
films and whatnot, of course. But um, mm-hmm. just just such a wonderfully, like you said, paced mystery, supernatural, and it, it made sure to to really take in the the logical sense that someone would try to make if they encountered something, right? Something like that, like you wouldn't know what to do or what to expect or where to go or how to process it. Like we process it along with the character. Right. So absolutely. It was really good. Yeah. All right. So my number one, okay. Um and I know I talk about this show a lot, but is um is Bob's Burgers. I think this oh. show is in its eleventh season and I just I man, I just I just uh I just loved it. I'm obsessed. You know, obviously it's an animated show, but whatever. It's like for adults and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's the feeling I get when I watch it. I think it's so. It's just it's it's fun. It's exciting. It's touching. It hits everything that you kind of want, and but in a 30 minute animated series, and uh, I I don't I was, I don't want it to go in the path of like The Simpsons, where it goes yeah 29 seasons which is you know about 20 seasons too long really so if they give bob's burgers like maybe it has three more seasons or something i would be completely fine with that but uh yeah it's always going to be top of the list for me because it's so done well done in terms of writing and and everything so yeah that takes the number one spot for me all righty that's been our top five TV for the last quarter. We'll now transition transition to film, our favorite films that we watch new or old this quarter. You can go first here with your number five. Okay. Um, so if you <laughs> read our blog, then you know I've been trying to watch 20 movies a month, and I've been doing pretty well with that. I think I got to 18 for March. Uh, no, I got 20 for March. I just did it by the 18th. Somehow I finished them really quickly. But um, a lot of stuff I've been watching has been on Prime. So the first one was The Handmaiden. And this was this was a crazy movie. And <laughs> I, I wrote a longer, like, you know, review type summary of what it was about, but I'll keep it simple. So, um, and I've talked about it before. So I really don't need to talk about it. But if you have Amazon Prime and you see The Handmaiden, go watch it. <laughs> That's all I'll say. But yeah, that was my number five. Alrighty. My number five was uh, Birds of Prey. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, Kathy Ann directed it. Wonderful job. Um, Y'all knew what to expect from Margaret Robbie's uh, portrayal of of Harley Quinn. Sort of follows her story post-Suicide Squad, post-Joker. And it was a great... um, feminist look at the DC universe, at Gotham yeah. City, which we rarely see as we've always been seeing the perspective through Batman or Joker right. or another male hero. So that's my number five. Okay. Uh, let's see. My number four uh, would be The Salesman. I think I said that before in another episode, but it's about a family that moves into an apartment and the woman, the the wife of the family, she gets assaulted and the rest of the movie is kind of like this, another slow burn kind of drama slash thriller feeling out of, of finding out who was the one to assault her. And it was really good. And oh, 
well, I don't want to get this wrong. I believe it's from Iran. Um, let me check real quick. I don't want to mm-hmm. make that mistake. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, um, but yeah, it was really good. Really good movie. I enjoyed that. All right. Uh, my number four is Invisible Man. Ooh, yeah. uh, this came out in February with Elizabeth Moss. Um, incredible film, an incredible take on the classics or horror trope for a character. Um, yeah. But f- again, from the view of the victim rather than the protagonist or monster, you would say. Uh, yeah. Basically, Moss's character is in an abusive relationship. She gets away. Um, and then suddenly the husband has committed suicide. And when she thinks everything's fine, her mind is basically telling her, no, he's still after me. And it just goes from there. Um, she she carries the film, uh, basically. She's, yeah. she's wonderful in it. Um, it's really good. It's on video on demand now. I don't know if you want to pay $20 to rent it. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I said, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. Why twenty dollars? Like, yeah, like that's ridiculous, right? But really good film and a, a good ending. Um, I, I I would recommend to everybody. Yeah, she, you know, her Scientology aside, she is an incredible actress. Like she, right. she does not do anything halfway. <laughs> I totally so forgot she, she was a Scientologist. Yeah, but. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Where were we? Uh, <laughs> number three. Yeah. Let me find my list. Okay. Number three for me, and um, this again was on. Oh God! All these are on Prime, but this one was for Stamble, the documentary about the um, bombings in Syria. I think this one was nominated for best documentary at the Oscars this past February, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was really good, touching kind of sad and once again kind of triumph towards the end but uh you know follows uh, a woman who's a journalist eventually becomes pregnant gives birth to her daughter sama and then decides to record their day-to-day life um while they're going through the syrian civil war that started in 2016 or the kind of Mm-hmm. that time frame right there but yeah it was really good so that's my number three okay uh my number three i saw it kind of late but was ryan johnson knives out oh okay uh, i heard a lot of good stuff about that yeah it was really good i didn't know what to expect but it's a wonderful uh take on the whodunit which is like a classic uh film narrative the yeah. cast is great um it's it's really funny um yeah. and always keeps you guessing so i'm they're looking forward to maybe making this like an anthology film oh. with daniel craig's character so the, the sequel will be a whole new family or cast of characters a whole new murder that he's solving okay so yeah yeah i have to check that out because yeah i've heard nothing about nothing but good things about it then you know i've seen it posted everywhere so yeah all right um so this is number two then and for number two oh god i'm gonna pick 
the movie um, The Badlands. Now, I've seen this movie a couple of times. This movie has, uh, oh my God. Why, it has Sissy Spacek and why can't I think of his name right now? It's from like the 70s. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on a second. It's, oh, Martin Sheen. God. Oh, Anyways. Man. Yeah, so they live like in this small town in the north and she's a teenager. Martin Sheen's like 25. He works as a garbage man and he kind of persuades her slash manipulates her into becoming like his girlfriend. And then they go on like a robbing slash killing spree. And it's crazy. It's based on a true story. But oh, I wow. watched it, right, I watched it again for the first time maybe a couple weeks ago after not seeing it for a couple years. And I don't know, it's, it's strange how you can do that, give something a break and then come back to it and you kind of like appreciate it more. And that's what happened with this. It was, it was almost like it was a different movie to me. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So that's my number two. Alrighty, my number two was 2019's Loose. Oh, if you have not seen this film, which I probably talked about before, yeah. you need to see this film. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a story about race and from an immigrant perspective like this before, where it just hits all the right moves and the performances are phenomenal. Kelvin Harris Jr. and Octavia Spencer really should have been nominated for their performances because the film is like, the way Uncut Uncut Gems was like constant anxiety. Yeah. This one isn't like constant and furious like Uncut Gems, but it's just this sitting weariness the whole film because you're telling yourself you don't want to believe certain things, but what they're showing you, you can't deny. It's just, it's right. insane. It seems like the, now, is he American, the Calvin guy? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know if he was American or British, but it seems like he's going to be somebody we'll see around for a while. Definitely. Yeah, he's been Definitely. a couple he does of things. A phenomenal job of carrying, like, all the the nuances of his character like the being that sort of privileged i don't know what to say that privileged individual but knowing what the weight that carries and not right. wanting to carry those weights and seeing how it affects his friends and how he's viewed by others and how right. he uses it to manipulate others it's whoo <laughs> it's crazy yeah, i have to i have to give it a go all right, so then this takes us to number one, and hold on a second, because I got off of my list somehow. Oh, but if, I think I can remember. I think it was The Farewell with oh, okay. Argentina. Yeah, and I, I know I wrote about it for the blog that I was upset that it wasn't nominated after finally seeing it, but it was, it was you watched it, didn't you? Yeah, it was yeah, really it was, good. Yeah, it was really good and, and touching and funny and uh, it was based off a true story, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know I don't know how it wasn't nominated, but um, it was well done. And you know, I don't really know. I, it's interesting to see. I'm trying to think of the right way to say. It. it seems like out of all actors out there, that comedic actors have 
maybe the most range or or maybe it just seems that way because once we see them do something serious it seems so far from what we're used to seeing them doing that it seems like they're doing a really good job but aquafina was really good she was marvelous in it yeah just yeah i had never seen her in something like that so right but she brought it like yeah yeah so you know it was it was it was really good i enjoyed it yeah my number one that I saw, um, I was late to it as well, was Parasite. Ah. The Oscar-winning film from last year. Uh, it's it's incredible. Um, it's just, I don't know, some people are like jarred by like the genre hopping and stuff, but apparently that's right. sort of like common in South Korean film. Yeah. Or Korean film in general, so... I just rolled with it, <laughs> but um, it's it's a terse examination of class um, and just how we treat people a certain way because of their background and don't realize it. Like it's so ingrained in us sometimes, second yeah. nature, and we don't realize that we're doing it. It, it was really good, really good. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. I, I've still yet to see it, so I got to get on that. But I, you can probably rent to own, and I know it, it's coming to Hulu April eighth. Ah, okay. So, yeah. all right. So yeah, those were our top picks. Yeah, top picks of the last quarter. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, what are you streaming for the weekend? Oh man, um, I. <laughs> I, I used to watch RuPaul's Drag Race almost religiously like a couple years ago and then it just got out of control. But I made an effort to set up the recording for these episodes. And so I think I have like three or four to watch. So I may knock out some of those. And then um, on HBO, My Brilliant Friend um, is a show in there. And we didn't talk about that because I don't think you watched the first season of that right. show. Yeah. So I watched the first season and it's it's three episodes deep. So I'll sit down and finally watch that. The only thing it's in Italian, so like you have to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Unlike Spanish or French, where I can pick out words and kind of say, Oh, okay, I know where we're headed. I do mm-hmm. not know what's going on. So Right, right. That would yeah. <laughs> All right. For me, um, I've got some shows returning for the last time, some. Uh, okay. The final six episodes of How to Get Away with, Mur- How to Get Away with Murder uh, begins Thursday. Um, they'll do three episodes, and then I guess they'll skip a night to stretch it, and then last three episodes. So okay. this is the season six series finale begins. Um, then both season four of Nailed It and Kim's Convenience on Netflix return on tomorrow, or today, okay. whenever, April 1st. Um, Nelda is the comical baking competition. It's just hilarious. But it is heartwarming, too, because a lot of competition shows seem very vindictive and bring the ugly out of people. This one just sort of, like, lets people who love to bake do that and free of judgment or whatever. It's really funny. And then Kim's Convenience is a Canadian comedy show. It's coming back for season four. And then I started a month free trial of Acorn TV. 
Um, yeah. Now that's the show for British television, right? Are they, right. Yeah. yeah. It's mostly. It looks like it's mostly like mysteries and like drama series. Yeah, I, I think it know. is. The whole library, but the show I started, I heard it uh, on another podcast, is Line of Duty. Oh, um, yeah. That, no, that's a good show. Yeah. This is with Lenny James, and basically he's a top notch police officer. They call, what do they call them? They're detective. They're like um, PI. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. He's like yeah. the top DCI in his station, and basically, um, the anti-corruption team is focused on him because they don't believe he's they believe he's lettering which basically yeah. means he's selecting easy cases and dumping the rest to just boost his his score per se yeah and he's he's not a he's an immoral person he's making some bad choices already in the first episode so yeah i've started that and hopefully i'll continue watching that so that's why i'll be streaming for the weekend yeah um no that show we we get some of the things on acorn tv through um comcast xfinity on demand and all that so but yeah and that I, show is what you not, oh if i'm not mistaken i thought i saw amc promoting it as if they were about to show yeah amc is about to show the first three seasons i think on april well, 4th there you go <laughs> that's why I confused. I saw that pr- promo and it was like, oh, this is a new show. But then I was like, no, this yeah. isn't new. Okay, so they'll be showing, they have some type of partnership with BBC through the Killing Eve thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So they'll air, start airing season one, uh, April 4th at 10 p.m. Okay. And I, so think, they're, they're, I think they're currently I, on season five. Uh, okay. So that's interesting. So I could just watch it there and not have to pay for it after the month. <laughs> All right. Uh, join us next week at when we preview the most anticipated titles for quarter two. Um, even though the theaters aren't open, there's still a lot of stuff coming. So until we meet again, this has been Lauren and Brandon. Keep on streaming. Yes. Thank you for listening to another episode of It's a Streamable Live. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and make sure to follow us at AS Live Podcast on all social and streamablelive.wordpress.com. Keep streaming.